Welcome to season four of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about customer journey management and its relationship to change management. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Aaron Zentz, Director of Experience Design at AARP. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. I've really, um, I really enjoyed listening to the show. I think it's a, a cool peek into a lot of different industries and things that businesses are doing that we should all care about right now. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to, I know you and I have had several conversations um, unrecorded about this stuff, so I'm glad we get to, to share some of this um, with, with the audience. So looking forward to to diving in. So why don't, why don't we start uh, with you giving a little background on yourself and, and what you're currently doing at ARP? Sure. Um, so I want to make the pun up front that it's been a journey to get here. <laughs> um, so I started out in advertising, doing media planning, um, and I knew that I wanted to jump kind of from the offline world to the online world. So I got my feet wet in analytics in the agency world. Um, and then I knew that I wanted to jump into the client side from the agency side. So I got my MBA at the University of Maryland and um, through some connections I made there was connected with a role in ARP. And so that was seven and a half years ago. So I've been at ARP for quite some time now, though the, the tenure of most employees there is even longer than that. But I've had a really awesome opportunity to move to a few different positions at ARP. Um, I started doing web analytics um, for our, our .org site. Um, and then I had an opportunity to join our customer experience team or consumer experience team as we call it at ARP when it was first being stood up. Um, and that my role on the team initially was to launch our net promoter score. So that was um, that was introduced about five years ago. And so I stood that up for about a year, pressure tested it in market to see if it was uh, uh, an appropriate measure for ARP to use. And then once it was kind of transitioned more into a role of how does the organization measure uh, their impact on NPS, which is a question I feel like we all want to know. And so help stand up a uh, experience metrics team within the consumer experience team on a in ARP. And then uh, I had another opportunity uh, to jump into a role leading the journey management practice. And this was a new practice that we were standing up um, as we kind of increased the maturity of our CX practice. And so that is what I'm doing now, leading the consumer, uh, the, sorry, the journey management team within ARP. Great, great. Well, um, when we were, uh, when you and I were preparing for the show, you had brought up, a, I, th I think, an interesting concept that I haven't really dived into on the show before, but 
it's this idea of customer journey management is in many ways a change management process um, because you know even though the focus is going to be on the external consumers um, it's still people processes and platforms internally that are needed in order to enable new modified optimized journey um, sometimes all of the above um, and you know all of that stuff uh, requires internal cooperation internal resources so you know, how do you look at things like this at, at AARP and, um, you know, how do you how do you kind of reconcile those those two things, the journey management and the, and the change management? Yeah, I think this is just a fascinating topic. And I think change management is going to become an even bigger focus for a lot of big organizations and probably small organizations um, as well as we do more innovation in the technology space and how we're showing up to consumers, et cetera, because it, it really takes a, a framework and a process for making successful and sustainable change in organizations. Um, so how this sort of happened at ARP, ARP stood up a CX team, like I said, about five or six years ago at this point, and we kicked it off with an early win, and that was identifying an opportunity to basically treat our consumers better when they were calling to inform us um, that a member had passed. Um, and this is probably a really unique uh, opportunity to AARP, um, but we realized that we were not approaching that conversation with consumers or with, or with members or with members' spouses or children or whomever um, in a very empathetic way. And so we basically organized, I, I want to say it was probably like 10 plus different business units within ARP, you know, probably 40 plus different people to just make that experience better for our consumers. And so that was a really early when and proof point that we were going to benefit from CX. Um, and it was probably one of our first journeys that we took on, right? Because we thought about from that initial phone call, all of the different steps downstream that need to happen both on the consumer facing side and on the internal facing side to, to make that change yeah. and, and show up the way that we wanted to show up. Um, so we found an early win and then we kind of really ramped up what we, what we knew as CX. So we, I'd say we use the model that the book outside in proposes of how to organize a team, um, a CX team within an organization. So we had, um, a design group, uh, a VOC practice, a strategy practice, and ultimately a measurement practice. And, um, and we were doing a lot of really great work around the organization, partnering with lots of different groups to make experiences better and um, found our footing and introduced a consumer commitment to the organization. And so that was really kind of a, a vision for how the organization was going to show up to consumers and making sure that everyone was singing from the same songbook, basically, you know, in terms of how we were putting experiences out there. But as we were doing that, I'd say that they were, we were really focused on moments, right? Interaction points. And right. there wasn't a lot of focus on the upstream or downstream from that. And so we started to realize that 
we needed to think a lot more about consumers' journeys and not just the success in that moment, but really the outcomes uh, that we were seeing that, you know, how are we able to deliver the consumer outcomes? Why were they doing the thing with us? It probably wasn't to do the thing with us. It probably was to um, to find, you know, success in, in some, you know, really personal right, way that right. impacted their life. Um, and so we started to figure out, like, what kind of changes in the organization do we need to make this happen at scale? What are the gaps that we have um, from an operation standpoint, from a technology standpoint? What kind of organizational changes do we need to make? Um, and so we, since then, and so that was probably about a year and a half, two years ago, we've been sort of working through a list basically on what needs to happen to make these changes. And I think that, you know, change management principles will say that there's, um, there's like the culture side of change, but the culture side of change is not going to be successful without the operational side of change. You need to make it easier for people to do this kind of work. You know, even if you have a culture that this is the right work to do and yeah. so what I've been focused on and my team has been focused on over the last couple of years is closing those gaps, is developing those processes, you know, creating those templates. Um, and as we've done that, we've basically, we started by standing up um, a proof of concept. So we chose two experiences to journeys that we believed were critical for the organization to take on and to manage more effectively and critical for the consumer to get right, um, both to improve consumer experience, but also to improve the likelihood that they would be loyal members to AARP. And so in that proof of concept, we had a really good opportunity to learn what we needed to do to actually do and see what was working and what wasn't working and why it wasn't working. Um, and we changed, we changed a lot of things. We changed the operating model uh, of how we organized teams around these journeys. We implemented, um, uh, or I guess we gave authority to a journey lead. So someone who had full authority over a journey. They were the subject matter expert of the journey. Um, they had, you know, the decision authority, they created the vision. Um, and then we also organized a journey team that would support them. And these were the people in the organization that were already close to the journey, had some sort of ownership over maybe a channel or a product within that journey and brought them all together to align around a vision, um, and basically, you know, create a roadmap for the changes that we'd make um, to support that journey. So, you know, we could we could say CX is important. We could say that managing to journeys were important, but really, until we were able to sort of pave the road for employees to to work in that way, to operate in that way without friction we weren't going to see change. So that's what we've been focused on for the last year. And a lot has worked and, you know, there's some things that need more time um, and we're, we're, you know, continuing down that path. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a, it's, it's definitely a, a big undertaking. So you, you know, you mentioned 
um, several things here. There, there's different teams, there's different initiatives, there's different moments, and then there's this, you know, this this overarching journey as well. What's the the data component of this? I mean, you know, each of those things has data associated with it. Even the, you know, the employee experience has data associated with it. How how have you approached the role of of of, of data and aligning all of that stuff so that you can get measurements and, and really just kind of understand not only internal measurements um, of efficiencies and everything, but obviously the external measurements of, of moving the needle on, on consumer engagement and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, data uh, is really at the core of all of this, right? Um, and we definitely found in our original analysis, we found both, you know, technical capabilities that we needed to improve around how we managed and used data as well as like as well as organizational changes that we needed to make you know to improve who had access to data how quickly we were able to access data um you know governance around data all kinds of things so yes data is certainly at the core of this because we need in order to create a journey that is seamless and relevant for our consumers that helps them, you know, achieve their job to be done. We need to know what their job to be done is. And we need data to tell us where they are seeing friction or experiencing friction and when they are successful and when they aren't successful. And I think we, like most organizations, have more data than we know what to do with. It's never really an issue of we don't have the data it's we don't do we know the right questions yeah. ask to get to what we need to get to so we you know we're really lucky and that we have multiple sources of data so i'm not really even speaking just about data you know the way you think about like how to to track business outcomes and business metrics but also like what kind of consumer insights do we have living within our research department what kind of Consumer insights do we have living within our our really fantastic and mature voice of the consumer uh, practice within our CX team? So we had, you know, we had data that looked at interactions that our consumers were taking, but maybe more importantly, um, data that that told us the perceptions of those interactions. So how consumers were feeling about the interactions. Um, and so, uh, and so we really wanted to take this balanced approach to both understand consumer and business outcomes. If we were able to help the consumer achieve their outcomes, you know, what did that mean for the business? And so um, we basically started by asking more challenging questions of our data and research teams, both in terms of discovery and in terms of how we were measuring the journeys. Um, and we, I would say we learned a few things, um, really tactically, tactically, we learned that we probably needed to make some investments in, in MarTech tools, you know, did we have what we needed from a capability standpoint in-house? We, we have an amazing group of data scientists at ARP that help us understand, you know, everything about our consumers and our business they, you know, what could they do to help us? But also, did we need to look at external tools that would help us um, enable this kind of thinking and more importantly, probably scale this kind of work? Because we have 
millions of members, we have millions of interaction points, and we have many, you know, we have thousands of employees who want to know more about how they can help consumers achieve their goals. So um, we, we learned that we probably needed to start looking at what kind of MarTech solutions were out there. Um, we also learned that we, we don't want to sacrifice uh, progress for perfection. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a fine line, especially when you're, you're talking with uh, data teams and data scientists. Um, they always want to get to, you know, statistical significance um, before we make decisions. But we're kind of trying to move to be more agile. And um, we certainly don't want to not be confident in our decision. So we, we still know we need to have that confidence, but when can we use proxies? When can we, um, you know, use directional data to help us move quickly, learn what the consumer is doing, react to that, and then learn some more. So we, we, we started to have to like have conversations with our data teams in a little bit different of a way, push them to think a little bit differently. And they've been an amazing partner and, in doing that and, you know, innovating in how they do their work and the insights that they bring to us, uh, which has been, which has made us, you know, hugely successful. Yeah. And that's, that was one thing I wanted to, to ask about a little bit. I think, you know, you, you did already touch on it a little bit, but just, you know, these are, these are big, I mean, digital transformation is, is pretty much what we're talking about here. Right. So this is a big, um, this is a big undertaking for, for any organization, but, you know, especially the, the larger it gets. Um, and so um, I, I like that you mentioned the, the agile way of, of measuring progress. Um, but, you know, how, how, how do you, how were you able to change that think that thought process of obviously you're not, you know, you're not measuring at the end state. Um, you know, two months into this, you know, a, a multi-year initiative. So how did you, how did you kind of have to reshift and, and adjust your expectations of, um, you know, just being able to not only manage expectations, but also measure success, make sure that you're making the right steps and going in the right direction, knowing that you don't have everything needed um, at that point in time? I think how we how we set up our proof of concept um, when we first kicked this off was really helpful in setting the right expectations for the organization. So we right off the bat said, we are not measuring this proof of concept based on honestly the value it brings to the consumer or the value it brings to the business. Um, we are measuring this based on, you know, is the operating model that we're implementing sustainable? Um, are we able to socialize this work and gain buy-in? Um, what are we learning and what kind of changes or recommendations can we make based on those learnings? And so how we established the proof of concept measurement and socialized that to make sure that we were all super clear that we, you know, we were yeah. not going to see the impact from this in year one. Um, but along the way, we made sure that we were showing success. And, um, and again, this was probably not like the typical success that you hope to see, you know, in year two, three, but we were holding retrospectives on, you know, when we made a decision, was that the right decision? What could we have done better next time? And we were getting feedback from many of our internal stakeholders in that way. We, um, we established 
surveys for our journey leads and our journey teams um, that we we implemented at the beginning of their sort of collaboration and partnership around these journeys, but and and a year in, so yeah. we now have a pre and post survey of the journey teams to understand like did this change the way that they're working are they clear on their role are they seeing more impact from this um and so um we you know from that work we are also understanding what we still need to do and so it's not that we're waiting a year to figure out what's not working um, you know, what we've already, uh, we, excuse me, we've already identified opportunities such as we need to improve our ability to test and test faster. Um, you know, we now know what trainings are working that we're providing our, our journey leads and our journey team, what templates and processes are working. So it's really about kind of incremental improvements, getting a read on those, and then even sometimes developing proxies. So we do ultimately need to to understand, is this having an impact on our consumers and our business? But we are, you know, we're a membership organization. um, And so the true, you know, we don't understand if consumers are pleased with it, with what we're offering them until maybe a year, two, three years after their yeah. initial join with us. We can't wait that long to figure that out. So, in some cases, we are using proxies, um, you know, and and correlating different interaction points with longer term measures to understand are we headed in the right direction. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, prioritization of those things, because, again, there's 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 a lot of stuff, you know, I, the the approach, the pilot project approach and just that um, I think that's, you know, that's such a smart way to, to do things. But how do you figure out what's in the the um, the pilot project and, you know, how do you pri- how do you manage competing priorities from whether it's the internal you know, process improvement, cost savings, whatever those may be, as well as the the ultimate end result, which is the the member satisfaction and, and member experience. So, you know, how do you uh, what what was kind of the thought process of of doing of prioritizing what gets done first versus um, put off to a later phase? This is the million dollar question. <laughs> That's why uh, for, I asked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For especially for ARP, um, because if if you know anything about ARP, um, first of all, I, I said we are a membership organization. We're actually a social mission organization with a membership. We're not a membership organization with a social mission, and um, we do a lot. You know, we have the website, we have our lobbying efforts, we have the magazine, we have all kinds of things, right? So there's a lot of priorities for the organization at any given time. Um, we are lucky enough, and I, I won't actually say lucky because a lot of work went into it, but we have a very mature and advanced VOC, Voice of the Consumer Program at ARP. And that was really the first um, you know, leg of the CX team five or six years ago. So we're able to do a lot of listening to what consumers are telling us is important. And we make a lot of decisions based on that. Um, But we also, you know, we have a lot of different audiences. We serve the 50 plus population and sometimes under 50. And there's a lot of different needs um, 
there's a lot of different types of people, you know, yeah. that we're serving. And so um, it's challenging to figure out what should come first. And so what we've been kind of going back and forth with is it, you know, do we need a complex scoring model um, to figure out like, okay, you know, what is our business impact and what is the impact to the consumer and how many business units are involved and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, Or is it simply like there's an insight that there's an opportunity for impact and we need to take advantage of that. And I say we do a little bit of both. Um, Obviously our, uh, you know, we have a dashboard, we have goals that we need to hit. That's obviously a, a big part of it is what what is going to help us achieve those goals. And, you know, I think ARP is doing an amazing job of having a balanced dashboard. There's a little bit of consumer, there's a little bit of business. And so that helps us make the right decisions in terms of what we prioritize. But I think at a, at a smaller level, we also need to look at, you know, what is feasible in the short term, um, from a technical standpoint, you know, as we're going through this um, digital transformation, we're improving our capabilities. Something that isn't feasible today may be feasible in six months. So, do we wait for that to happen to make that change? Um, to you know, to prioritize that effort. Are there accelerators that we can take advantage of that maybe one group is already focused on, but isn't widely known or socialized, and we can we can you know, force that collaboration. Um, But also, you know, it it boils down to really what is the organization ready to take on? Um, We have, you know, lots of different places that we're driving impact, everything from caregiving to Medicare to helping, you know, our consumers find work. Um, You know, where is the energy for the organization in any given moment? And how can we take advantage of that? So uh, last topic here, I just want to touch on the employee experience component of this. So, you know, we talked a little bit about this at the at the beginning of the show, but as far as obviously it takes a lot of people across a lot of teams to, to do this. And we're, you know, we're thinking about the, the processes and and everything like that. But there's also that I, let's just call it the softer side of, of that, which is making sure that employees really understand uh, their relationship to the to the end results and are motivated to do that and everything. So where where does that kind of fall in this? You know, kind of going back to the beginning here of journey management as change management. Where does that employee experience component fit into into all of this? So I think that at ARP we are really lucky that we have such a strong mission. There's yeah. no there's no doubt on like why we exist as an organization and what we're trying to achieve on behalf of our members. So we kind of have a leg up in that space. You know, we're not um, selling someone like a a trinket, which, you know, that is, there's obviously a need for that too, but we truly have a mission. And I think all of our employees are very, um, you know, we're all rallied around that mission. Um, But I do think that there, you know, there are a couple of things that we've really been focused on to, more tactically. And so one is kind of like I mentioned, there's the culture side and then there's the process side of change management. And so we can ask our employees, you know, to to put on a smile on their face and change the way that they're working, or we can show that we're enabling them to do that. And so we've done a lot of work to, to hopefully 
make employees' lives easier, make you know it more efficient for them to do this kind of work and understand their impact on the consumer outcomes, um, whether that is through data dashboards or storytelling of you know the impact that we're seeing from the consumers. Um, but I also I want to touch on like there's this idea I keep hearing a lot of these days um, around psychological safety, yeah. and this is a big change. And there are always going to be people who are more excited about the change than others. And what I've tried to do as a leader is make sure that there's a safe space for people to share their you know, excitement about this and their trepidations about this. And all of those are valid. And so um, I'm trying to make sure that that's a big part of every meeting, every ask, um, every socialization, because I think that if people are comfortable to share their perspective without worrying like that they're going to be, um, you know, uh, you know, they're going to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, like harmed or, or right, um, right. For, for doing that, um, then I think that's really going to drive uh, collaboration, a team spirit, and they're going to be more willing to do the work. Yeah, yeah. Well, one one last question before we wrap up here. I always like to ask um, for recommendations of other things that people can read, watch, listen to. Anything? Just uh, we. I know we it kind of ran the gamut here of of topics here, but anything you'd recommend somebody um, you know listen listen watch read uh, related to these topics? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, for anyone who's listening, you're off to a great start because you're listening to this podcast. Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but um, I, will, I will rave about a program that I just finished, um, which is the Northwestern Kellogg Strategic Change Management course. And so this was an eight-week course, all online, um, self-paced. Uh, and I just found that so valuable. I feel like I've been doing change management work for the last few years in multiple roles and this was my first introduction to the, you know, academia behind it. The, you know, the frameworks are like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Or, this is why we need to do this. And right. it really gave me a structure from which to operate. And so I highly recommend that course. Um, I'm also reading, and I will say slowly reading it because that course was a lot of work over the last <laughs> eight weeks. Um, but the Lean Startup book, because um, I'm... You know, as we think about these big changes, I think that it's akin to starting a business um, because you really want to show incremental value and make sure that your stakeholders or your shareholders are seeing um, the value in the work that you're doing right off the bat. So they continue to make the investments, not necessarily from a monetary standpoint, but from a, you know, a time standpoint, a resource standpoint, an energy standpoint. So I found a lot of really interesting learnings um, from the Lean Startup book as well. Wonderful. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for joining the show. It was great to talk with you again. Um, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're you're doing? Yeah, well, you know, because we're we're doing this work internally, um, you know, we're we don't have a blog or anything, but um Hopefully that will, as the world starts to re-enter uh, conferences and such, we'll be, you know, at, at conferences. But feel free to reach out on LinkedIn, um, Aaron Zentz. I have personally found a lot of the conversations I've had with people doing this work 
you know, all over the country, all over the world to be incredibly helpful. I think there's a, a community willing to share what's working and what's not working. And I've found a lot of benefit from that. So if, if anyone wants to reach out and have those conversations, I'm definitely willing. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Aaron Zentz, Director of Experience Design at AARP for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.